Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Wednesday, September 16th. Joining us on the show today, Daniel Platt. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Fun fact, congratulations to you. I think you're our first second time guest. What an incredible Oof. honor you must feel. Whew, I can't wait for that trophy to come in. You're going to you going to put that on your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that goes on the resume for sure. If we had any swag, we'd send you some. Yeah. Love it. We need swag. Tried to tried to crowdsource some ideas that we could actually print out, but uh, I think we just got jokes. It was just <laughs> jokes all day. It's just like stacks and stacks and stacks of bacon with with an egg on top or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> sounds okay. delicious. So what happened today? There was the Facebook thing. There was an event. The thing. Correct. Is the, the thing. Yeah. So walk us through some of that. I'm just going to kind of open it up to you. And, and uh, first of all, I want you to tell the listeners, too, who may not have heard um, your spiel, but he was on previously, Daniel was on previously to walk us through all things AR, VR, XR, you know, PR, ZR, whatever. <laughs> um, XR, you know, kind of encompassing all of them being cross reality. Tell the folks again what you do, uh, the big things that just happened for you and your company. Okay. And then we can get into some of the announcements that occurred today. Perfect. Yeah. So, hey, everyone. I'm Daniel Platt. Since the last episode, I changed my Twitter handle so it's a little simpler if you want to find me on there. It's the Gin XR. So, T H E J I N XR. Um, that sounds a little complicated, but much much it less was, complicated than last it's time. It's much less complicated <laughs> than whatever that better. word was I couldn't pronounce with your Mandarin <laughs> name. Yeah. Um, so I'm the director of product at vSpatial. We are a XR company that's been around for about four and a half years, um, really focusing on bringing the office space into virtual and augmented reality. Um, so some some big things that we just uh, we just announced today is uh, so what what we do is we we've kind of focused on two main things. Um, productivity and collaboration and XR. So to put it really shortly, we bring your desktop applications into virtual reality. So in the in the case of you know a, an Oculus Quest headset, you can open up our app on the Quest headset and connect to your computer, and we create a virtual monitor for each application window that you have, um, and trying to to basically make virtual monitors and replace having to buy um, you know a lot of a lot of big monitors. And then for collaboration, we do um, kind of avatar meetings. So you can jump into meetings with up to 16 other individuals and you know you get spatial audio and spatial awareness to it. You can do screen sharing. Um, and that's kind of the, the gist of it. So for today, we just announced um, connectivity over the internet. So what that means is now your computer or even a virtual machine um, can be anywhere as long as it's connected to the internet and you can use a Oculus Quest headset with our app and connect to it from anywhere. So if your computer is at the office, you can connect to it while you're at home with our with our app or you know if you have a virtual machine spun up somewhere, you can connect to that too. So that's our big news for the day. Cool. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. If I had a uh, little soundboard and I could do a round of applause with people yelling and cheering, <laughs> I would. Oh, Aaron, didn't you try this out? At yeah, one point in time, dude, I did. It's crazy. Uh, I was tweeting about it a little bit too. Um, Daniel was presenting to me, and we were, you know, twenty thousand feet in the sky with a uh, a monitor that was a hundred feet, you know, <laughs> diameter. So cool. It was just crazy, crazy, right? And then I like zoomed back into my uh, office, which is set on a mountainside with these beautiful vistas. It's incredible, and I'm shooting hoops while we're talking to each other. Oh, that's and I awesome. create a custom avatar. And I got all my little like widgets up in front of me, things I care about. It's it's crazy. Daniel, I want to get your hot take on this. So I saw a video come out today. MKBHD. Yep. Super, super famous uh, tech YouTube uh, reviewer. He interviewed Zuck. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's coming on this show soon, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah is, bo- both of them will bo- probably come on this show. Yeah. So. Yeah. In yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. In a couple weeks. He <laughs> yeah, we're struggling with the scheduling. We had to get you in first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, in in that interview, if y'all, I mean, go check it out. It was on YouTube. Very well done. And before I actually get to the question, I was amazed. So 
in the in the video, Zuck is actually responding. And he's looking right into the camera uh, the whole time, which is a skill that I just don't feel like I've mastered yet. And it's it feels odd when you think about it. Extreme eye contact. Yeah, yeah, but it's I mean it's it it's purposeful. It, it's good. Anyway, so Zuck told MKBHD. <laughs> It's been a long day, and I just slammed a Red Bull. <laughs> Not sponsored. Uh, so he said, he said, augmented reality is basically going to get to the point where TVs and monitors in the real world won't exist. And he's calling this like five years out, right? Wow. Five yep. to ten. He, he, they were initially talking ten years. Very. He said, I, you know, five years, right? So, but, but he presented this idea of rather than manufacturing physical screens, there'll just be an app created. That you that you see in, in augmented reality, right? Yep. What, what's your take on that? Yeah. So I mean, that's obviously something that is very important to us and a future that that we see. Um, now, I mean, software-wise, um, we're we're actually just about there. Um, so you know, what what we do is we can connect to your computer, and instead of using monitors in front of you, we we create virtual monitors for every window that you have. So um, the software side of things is, is just about there. And input's one of the things that is still, still kind of up in the air. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit when we talk about the, the event today. Um, but this idea of replacing a lot of the, the screens, you know, our monitors, our televisions, and a lot of screen-based UIs, um, we can certainly replace all of those with, uh, with augmented ones. I mean, you, you look at... You know what? What space shuttles were, um, you know, many, many years ago, where it was just thousands of, of dials and buttons that they were clicking and, and going through, and we've been able to simplify that a lot to now just with kind of touch screens, like we saw in the latest um, SpaceX launch. You know, they were they were showing off some of the controls that they use for that now, and and with augmented reality, we can go even further past that and not even need. A physical monitor in front of you anymore. What an interesting just... comparison. I yeah. I guess I I mean I love the analogy of showing that the differences between then and now. And I will say mm -hmm. that my initial because I I have not seen this interview, so my my initial reaction to this is, but I love my TVs, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want them to go away. Uh, what if yeah. what if you're watching sports? Okay, it's March Madness, dude, and you're you put on your headset and you have all of the games going, and you swipe your hand across, and you're swiping between TVs in real time, or you inject yourself into the stands. I mean, we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. and that's even what MKBHD Marquez, calling by his real name, I guess, got into in this interview. He he was basically saying like, what is the next thing? Like he's at the top of the you know, the mountain when it comes to tech reviewing on YouTube, but he's like, what's the next thing? What's, what's going to happen after YouTube? Is it going to be this hologram thing? Because what he tries to achieve in his reviews is giving you his perspective. So if he's reviewing a Tesla or whatever you like, you're sitting in the driver's seat, right? Mm -hmm. Or if he's reviewing a phone, he doesn't just like show the phone on the table. He's like holding the phone and moving it around. So you can kind of see it from different angles and how the applications swipe and the speed and all this kind of stuff. How do you, take that into the next level where now I'm in VR and you're actually in Marquez's shoes, right? Right. Where, wherever he's at. Or as Zuck said, maybe, maybe Marquez shows up and he's sitting in the room with you and he's teaching you about these things. See, and and that's where I think, I think this all goes right. And I didn't get a chance to watch that whole interview, but I did see the beginning and, and obviously Zuck's initial response was just, this is the way that we bring all of the sensations of being with someone without having to physically be with that person. So it was there was a lot of interpersonal. It wasn't as much, at least at the beginning, about just replicating the displays. Uh, you know, to Daniel, to your point, we're we're pretty much there. I, there's there are some more hurdles to go through to get to the point where maybe it's more comfortable or where yeah. you really have the pixel density to take away some of the effects and to, and to make sure that it's broadly applicable. So some people will still get motion sickness. We have a lot of things we still need to advance in, but five years moves a lot of those needles, right? These are all technical problems with probably already, you know, sort of pre-existing viable answers. They just don't necessarily have the stuff to back it up yet. 
But yeah, it, how do you integrate smell, touch, down, getting right? all of the body language, taking it past an avatar, making it something where you're you're very much in it and it feels like you're in it? Like so, that's going to create a completely new ecosystem for practically anything over a distance. I agree. I want to think about this from the perspective of the way it was presented, though, which is replacement of your TVs. So mm-hmm. When I think about my TV and my typical interaction with it, um, at least if I'm going to actually sit down and watch it. That is an activity that usually involves my wife or my daughter, obviously, also sitting there. And so I'm thinking that if this was going to work, yeah. it would have to be a scenario where I put on and everyone put on these pair of glasses. I'm that, imagining the exact you know, same thing. Where, wherever it, it would create this, you know, in you know, equal to or greater than experience between that does not impede my ability to get up and go get my cheese and crackers. Because everyone loves cheese and crackers, right? Like, whereas a VR headset, crackers. right? Those those things get in the way of that. Like, for, for instance, I watched yeah. an NBA game recently in VR. Um, granted, I was mostly just doing the whole sit in a theater thing. My wife had gone to sleep, and so I saw an opportunity to like try something different. I sat in a VR theater, and I watched Counter Strike match, and I watched basketball game, and so like. Those are things that are very cool, but they take away from the typical experience that I think of when I'm going to be sitting down and watching a TV as a shared experience with people around me, as well as the fluidity of living in my home. So that's where I think think it's very different. Zuckerberg is, he's exaggerating. The idea that every TV will be obsolete because VR gets us close to the mark on it being comfortable and accessible and maybe even affordable enough for everyone to use it. But imagine going to a sports bar and not having televisions. Like, I don't even watch sports, and that's an offensive statement. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually upset that you said it. <laughs> so, I mean, Dan, you know, I mean, Daniel and, and Aaron, too, because I feel like you got very excited at the prospect of this. Were you thinking of that in the same way as what I just described? Do you think that that's what Zuck was thinking? Um, because that's kind of where that's that's my initial reaction as to why I like my TV. This you t- you're talking to someone who yeah. owns like eight TVs in their house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm totally with you, dude. And I'm trying to think of like this is going to sound really weird, but like when I'm at my most um, passionate state watching something, it's college football, mm-hmm. and I got to be like up moving around. I got to be able yep. to like. You know, I got to throw something. Yes. And in this scenario, the wife and kids got to leave the house. Like I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I got to, I got to make eye contact with another human and gesture my arms insanely to the TV and say, are you seeing this? Sometimes you write a text to your friend, Aaron, and then you delete it before you send it because you know, it's not a good idea to send. Yeah. (laughs) I understand these things. (laughs) No, I'm with, I'm with you. I think that's something that they're trying to solve though, is that social aspect, right? I mean, yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. Yeah, but I, I still don't see it happening in five years. I just TVs that's what I mean. Is I feel like are we going to really progress it in five years? That's what I mean too. I feel like that timeline is I don't know, man. Now, a lot if, of stuff. If the air outside is too toxic to breathe and you you will literally die, so we're all living in bubbles, then yeah, okay, like ninety percent of TVs are going to be gone. But I'll bet you still have one you sit down and watch with your family. Is that a scenario that we're expecting? Or I hope not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could still go outside and breathe, and this is enough for so, me. <laughs> all right. Daniel, uh, I think you're about to say something else. I'll let you just say whatever you wanted to say if you want to interrupt me here. But also, I want to tee up the question to you because it was super cool. It looked like that your company was up on the screen at the Facebook event. Ooh. Yes. Is that what I saw? Yeah. How did you feel inside? <laughs> Walk me through that experience. How did you feel out? Yeah. So we're we're super excited about that. So uh, Andrew Bosworth, he's kind of the head of of uh, Facebook. Uh, man, I just I just blinked on the name of it. Facebook something realities. It's all Facebook, Facebook, Facebook Reality Labs. That's what it is. Um, so so he's kind of the, the main guy up there, and he he got up to speak right after Zuck did, and he started talking about you know, where, where the space is heading. And we started talking about productivity and collaboration tools. And they, they did highlight, uh, he, he did show a slide that had our, our company logo on there. And, um, so, so you, you were number one on the agenda then. I mean, it's like, you know, Zuck opens, yep. right. Does the big announcements or whatever. And it's like, here's what we're going to get into productivity, be spatial. That's yep. no small thing, man. Yeah, you know, given the times that we're in with everyone having to work from home and people looking for, 
you know, ways to adapt to that. You know, virtual reality has definitely been something that's been at the front of, of a lot of people's minds and uh, Facebook definitely sees that opportunity as well. And so they're trying to, to, to highlight that because we do have some success stories that have, that have come from, you know, virtual reality workflows with productivity and collaboration. Yep, that is awesome. Okay, if anyone else wants to throw any questions at him, I mean, I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean I, so I didn't see anything really on the event today. I guess in, in one respects, I participated to some degree um, by ordering something. But do, do we want to go over the specifics of the event itself and yeah, bring I, up I, everything I, that was there that I may have missed? Yeah, do, do we want to talk hardware first? Yeah, hardware. Isn't that cool? Do it. So yeah, they announced the the Quest Two today. So they ordered the it. There you go. In, anyone else here? Aaron, Tyler. Dude, I, I clicked through all the buttons, but I didn't actually order it because oh. I want to figure out. I've got the original <laughs> one. I want to figure out what I'm doing with that one first before I order <laughs> yeah. the two. Okay, I, I I bought one even though we we already have a, a few, and I'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they announced this new Quest Quest 2 headset. So the successor to the Quest, it's going to be using the same Quest Store. So any ex experiences that you've had on the Quest Store, you'll be able to get those on the Quest 2 almost immediately. Um, but they did some interesting things with this one that make it kind of stand out from the original one. So I'll get my little my little cheat sheet up here. So they did change the, um, the, the displays in them. And so now I think they said it's a 50% increase in and pixel density, so the, the Quest is 1440 by 1600 per eye. And with the Quest 2, they're doing 1832 by 1920. So yeah, that's why I almost ordered it right there. That's, that's higher than Ruth my Rift mentioned. Yeah, he, meant, he taught me a new term on the last show, or two, two shows ago, or whenever it was. He's always teaching me stuff, but the screen door effect. Yep. Yep. Right. That's exactly what it is. And it's such a perfect um, description of it. But that's that's why I want it. Because every time I throw that headset on, I'm like, oh, I want the clarity, you know? Yeah, yep. Yeah. And so this one is definitely a major step in the, in the right direction for that. I mean, having used it, it's still it's still there, but it's not as as uh, prominent as, as on Daniel, the Daniel, uh, have the you Quest. used the HPE Reverb G2? I've used the first Reverb. I haven't used the, the second gen. How, how would what, you compare it even to the first Reverb from a clarity perspective? I'd be curious. Man... I mean the the first reverb is as far as clarity goes, and I I, have, I can't say anything about the, the second gen one because I haven't tried it yet. Even though I, I think yeah, we have one is, ordered, which is greatly improved, even though it's the same pixel resolution. Yeah. By the way, hmm. yep. I mean that that one is is tremendous, and you don't you you don't see a screen door effect on that one. Wait, hold on. So hold how up. do they accomplish that if they don't yeah. have higher pixel density? It, what's what's their well, magic? Well, so that yeah. one's twenty one sixty by twenty one sixty per eye. Yeah, it's four K. Oh, okay, per so it is. It is a wildly denser pixel density. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm yeah. saying between the HP <laughs> Reverb G1 and G2, they use the same resolution, but they do have sure. a different panel, and it's yeah. the LCD panel, which has. There's also sub pixels the play into this as well. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. And so that's a big aspect of this. But yeah, the recent reviews that I saw, and it was comparing it to a headset that I have versus the HP Reverb G2. And it was like, I, I was sending it to another buddy of mine who's who's really big into VR and we could not believe. The, like they do these things called like through the lens sort of reviews mm -hmm. where it'll show. And it's it's obviously not one-to-one -one representative as, as if you put your own eyes in it. But to see the difference was striking. I mean, it was unbelievable yeah. the difference between that and even the Valve Index, which is definitely one of the nicer headsets. Yeah. So, uh, so do we think that the reason Oculus isn't doing 4K per eye is, is it just cost centric? Hardware. They're still trying well, to it, right it, it. it. It's standalone. So the oh, Oculus. Oh, so they Quest literally two, can't pump it either. Yeah. Yep. Now, yeah. so yeah, for, for the reverbs, you know, yeah. you have to be plugged into a, a pretty beefy gaming PC in order to run those. Um, Russell's. Uh, it's getting better <laughs> in a couple of days. So, so will mine. <laughs> Uh, Is that but you call him. You call him by his his full legal name, Russell. Russell. I I feel like I've always called him Russell. What's yeah, his middle name? It's wrong. I don't know. Ooh, good question. Oh, what if you don't know? Oh, do you I even do. know his birthday? Oh, Are you guys no. friends or not? Let's shut, oh, let's shut it down. Shut it down. He, he has heard. <laughs> he has heard my middle name. I, I know that for sure. I, I, I know it, but I, I don't have it off the top of my head, man. I feel I feel like a terrible friend now. Think of a, a legendary conqueror in in our world's history. Alexandria, Russell <laughs> Alexandria, Cleopatra. That's your middle name. Is it Alexander? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. There you go. Oh. 
There you wow. go. Okay. I guess I nailed it just with a Okay, go ahead. Let's get back <laughs> but, to the But anyways, Jack. so standalone, right? So for the Quest 2 and the first Quest, you have to be plugged into a PC forum. Now, you you can do that if you want to use some some PC VR games. Um, but if you don't, you know, if you just want to use it, just the headset alone, so you're not plugged into anything, um, then it's a standalone headset. And they did have a big, uh, some big improvements in regards to the hardware behind the the Quest 1 and, and the Quest 2 in order to pull that off with a higher resolution display versus the original one. So the the first Quest for the hardware nerds had a, a, a Snapdragon 835 in it. And the, the Quest 2 uses the XR2, which is a derivative of the 865, the Snapdragon 865. Mm. Um, and they've also increased the RAM from it from 4 gigs to 6 gigs. So pretty... Mm pretty dramatic yeah, substantial and, sure yeah yep so and they did, like it, they did it for a cheaper cost yeah and, yes and, and that's another major thing is the the first quest started at 399 and 499 if you if you bought the one with more more storage and the quest 2 starts at 299 um and then 399 for the higher storage so they knocked 100 bucks off of it which is pretty pretty amazing i i think that's yeah, why they're that's, they're so dominant in impressive. the vr space and for those it's wondering i think that the 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 larger storage is absolutely worth it i mean it's a 64 to a 256 gig difference oh wow yeah that's a big yeah. yeah so it's yeah, you get get the get the one that's 400 dollars. Yeah. so so these games that i got for the rift that was lent to me will they be playable on the the uh, quest as well they they not. will you'll have to use the cable to to plug into it though. Ah okay. So yeah, to plug it into your PC. PC. Got it. Yep. There there are more games that are being ported though. I mean even some pretty high end games um like Onward was one that was ported over yeah, uh, yeah. to the original Quest which was an impressive technical feat for this like singular developer to be able to do. Um, so that you're definitely going to see more coming to the standalone headset because this is definitely just going to be the this is going to be the biggest driver of adoption of VR by far. The Quest One was started it, and this is only going to carry that torch. Uh, absolutely. So, Daniel, we, I think we were arguing about this on one of the previous episodes. Um, my bet is that they aren't actually making any money on this. I don't know actually that we were arguing about that. I think we were arguing about the price of cell phones and how cell phone companies, yeah, manufacturers make money. That was all the one we talked about. Um, never mind. I answered my own question here, but that, that, I don't know if you have an opinion on that in terms of, yeah. Well, do you feel like Facebook is, is, is buying the market basically? And they they are by far the most dominant force behind it. Um, thus far, I think their biggest competitors is probably HTC. Um, and the HTC headset that is standalone is called the Vive Focus Plus, I believe. And it's, it's almost double the price. Um, and it's, wow. And I don't think I it's may, even I may somewhat disagree, even though it's a slightly different market. I think the PSVR is really the strongest competitor from a market mm, share perspective. They've sold 6 million yeah. headsets, and I don't think anyone else has came close to that number. But, but it, is a, it is a specific market in the console space. Yep. Yeah, I'll now, say. Now, what, what Facebook has done is they're they're just spending billions of dollars on this that I, I don't even think Sony can can compete with them on how much they're they're investing in the space. So hardware wise, no one's <laughs> such co- an no one's close to statement. them. Sony, they're so tiny. They don't it, have Isn't that hand. funny? That's crazy. <laughs> so weird. It's, it's a crazy true statement. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with PSVR two on the PS five though, that's for sure. All right. Wow. So let's uh let me let me read a couple um, article headlines to y'all and get some quick reactions off of those. And then let's take Daniel down the road of some other tech news things that we may want to talk about. Perfect. Uh, so one, uh, we, you were just talking about the Rift S, I think, Tyler. Is that right? You have the Rift S? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it says Facebook's going to stop selling that one next spring after that announcing this one. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it sounds, sounds like it's been heftily trumped. Yeah, so that was reported by The Verge. And then Engadget says Facebook details Infinite Office, a virtual space for working from home. So I'm guessing that is a competitor to you? Yeah, it, it, it is in, in a ways. I mean, we have some different some different uh, things that separate us. Okay. Are you seeing more uh, more players like that coming into the space or is it still pretty limited? It, I mean, the, the space is still very, very young. Uh, we started this thing, you know, four and a half years ago, knowing that it was a, 
it was a marathon um, and, and not a sprint. Yeah. So th- th- there's a little bit of competition, not not much in regards to actually being able to pull off some of the technical feats that we've been able to do, which has been, you know, sending your computer information to a headset. So the 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 new Facebook one is interesting, but it's just a it's just a browser. So they take the Oculus Quest browser, and that now they're letting you have multiple instances of it, so you can have several of them up, and you can pull up you know different several different web apps with it. Um, whereas we're focused on actually bringing your computer experience into that, so where you can you can really leverage the compute power of, of your computer that you're connecting to. Awesome. Okay, and the last one here, also by The Verge. This one had me laugh. That's why I was laughing earlier when you were talking about something that wasn't funny. Uh, but it said, Oculus Quest 2 review, sharp screen, great price, strong ecosystem, but requires a Facebook login. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anything else you want to throw down on, Daniel, before we jump around to other tech news and get I, your uh, yeah? I mean, I mean, I mean, just real quick. I I, I think this this headset's going to kill it. Even though everyone was complaining about the Facebook logins, you know, two or three weeks ago, uh, when, when, when Oculus like yeah, when when Oculus announced that, everyone threw a fit on Twitter. But I <laughs> I, I, I can you guarantee don't have to you, subtweet me like that in person. Yeah, <laughs> you can just say it to my face, Daniel. You can just yeah. say it. I'm right here. Well, it, you you weren't alone. So, but I, I I still think tons of people will buy this headset. I think the the price point for it will will get a ton of adopters for it. They announced a lot of AAA titles that are coming to the Quest, which I think is a big deal. Yeah, they did. Uh, that that will you know get a lot more interest like from what? the more gen- generic public. Star Wars Squadron. Or some of this. Yeah. Star, what's that about? What's Star Wars? I'm just kidding. That sounds cool. <laughs> I can't wait for Let's more see. games like that in in. VR, right? Like uh, you want, you want these old school. I say old school. That sounds wrong <laughs> out loud. But uh, that you want the experience. Like there are some games and game ecosystems that just feel like they were made for the VR future we're getting into, yep. or the XR future, right? Like bring it into the environment. Can you just the idea of wielding a lightsaber or flying a, a you know a tie fighter or something like that in an immersive environment that just oh gaggets yeah. medal of honor yeah. coming too looks there like you a go, big yeah. one yeah yep I, they have an assassin's creed which is very nostalgic right uh, yeah. ironically the game takes God. place inside of a uh, sort of an xr <laughs> right yeah. how's that for inception <laughs> All right, um, let's get on to uh, other tech news. Um, the first one that I saw this morning when I woke up is no longer uh, on the top, or even on the front page of Tech Meme at all. It was at the top, and I think they realized the ridiculousness of it. And y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, if you feel otherwise, but it was basically, it was listing these celebrities, and I don't even remember the names of them. That's how much I don't really care about celebrities i guess but it said that they're all going to quote freeze their accounts for facebook and instagram and maybe something else snapchat or whatever today to protest something or other but i didn't even get to that point because they were all saying that today they're going to freeze their accounts for 24 hours to make a big statement it's like first of all what does that even mean freeze your account and second of all like if you disagree with what facebook or instagram or what like take your celebrityness elsewhere just like leave the platform yeah but don't like don't say that you're going to fight something by quote freezing your account for 24 hours. Like, oh, you're not going to post something today? I mean, come on. Right? Does this I have anything know. to do with that document? Whatever. I'm off. No, I think it I think it was I think it's something to do with um like Facebook in particular kind of sticks out in my mind because I think they were trying to call out that they weren't uh, appropriately directing or, or controlling the things that were getting posted that were inflammatory, um, hate speech, all, all this kind of stuff. Right. Hmm. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed like the wrong way to, to say it or do it or whatever. Right. And it was just getting just hammered by people responding like, anyway, whatever I'll get off that soapbox. But that was what was on the top of tech meme this morning. It's gone like nowhere to be seen anymore. So, but I guess their 24 hours is halfway up. So <laughs> be back to posting tomorrow and not caring. I don't know. Okay. That's, that's my uh, little stance there that I'll, I'll leave alone at this point. But what else are y'all seeing? Uh, I saw more Apple and Fortnite stuff. Uh, I just thought it was funny that Apple's throwing shade. They're like, <laughs> Apple says Fortnite hype is fading. And the only reason Epic Games started a legal battle was to generate buzz. 
I, I think that's a bold statement, but it's just that's just a we're starting to see this turn into a a fight between a couple of like high school kids <laughs> is, is kind of the way it's shaping which out. Is, and which I, is fun. It's incredibly it's entertaining. Enjoy the show. Yeah, it's it's incredibly entertaining. So uh, just I, I don't I haven't even read the article. It's just the headline was awesome, and I really <laughs> liked it. Yeah, I mean, all all I can hope from all that's all that's happening there is hopefully things turn out the best for both the consumers, but also the the developers. Not, yes, not, Daniel not always the champion of the developers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it takes me back to our uh, computer science days. Daniel, in class together. Solid days. Uh, speaking of computer science, so this is actually crazy, um, and I have not gone through this entire article either, but. Chinese database details 2.4 million influential people, their kids, addresses, and how to press their buttons. Uh, with it being a, it's compiled using mostly open source intel and shines a light on the extent of China's surveillance activities. Wow. What an incredible, just opening statement, you know. Uh, and I, I don't even know where to go with it other than, wow. I mean, you're right. And, and I know we have ridiculous sort of security things on this show all of the time and we could have them every day but this just begs to question to me this whole i i guess i just don't understand it because i'm not nefarious and i don't know if that's the right term for this but by nature but it's like i would have never thought i never thought to like spy on my neighbor you know what i mean like it's just not a thing that i do and yet that's what we as as various countries do to each other all the time and this is an example of how china does theirs and it's just it's just crazy to me that this is, you know, almost almost not even that shocking to know that they have the ability to do this and uh, yeah. what y'all y'all's thoughts are in that regard. The interesting thing about it was reading through that, the majority of the content in the database is things that you could just find publicly, right? Yeah. And so to that point, somebody in the article was saying, you know, I'd actually be surprised if China wasn't doing this or if other countries in general, like even if we don't want to pick on China, if other countries weren't doing this in general, just finding out data about influential people in competitive countries for yep. whatever reason. Right. But then it goes down all the, the little rabbit trails of, okay, that data is not publicly available. And, and then it dives into the family trees or neighbors, or you know, associates, or whatever, uh, for all these people as well. So it just it gets a little weird, yeah. A little weird. That's incredibly invasive. I just yikes. I, I did, sorry, I didn't actually see this. I haven't read up on it. I haven't seen just the details you're saying make me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Two point four million influential people, quote unquote. So it's it's mostly it's like uh, government employees. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, you know, famous people, all this this kind of stuff, right? Their kids, their addresses, all this kind of stuff was was, uh, was discovered. Yeah, the, um, the conclusion here is it says, open liberal democracies must consider how best to deal with the very real threats presented by Chinese monitoring of foreign individuals and institutions outside established legal limits. And so the point here is, is that obviously there's a lot of tension between, you know, the U.S. and uh uh, and China, but you know the register is. I, I actually think primarily a, a UK outlet, uh, and in many respects, like this, this is something that affects the world. This isn't this isn't something just between two powerhouse countries. Uh, this is this whole approach, whether it's China or not doing it, affects the entire world, and that's the thing I think that needs to be considered in in wherever these discussions take place as to how to sort of manage this type of activity. Yeah. And I always try to read register articles with like a little bit of skepticism because they tend to be smart. very inflammatory. You're right, right. Yep. Is, is understated. Yeah. Um, but that this still was like, ooh, geez. <laughs> um, and I don't want to move us backwards in the show at all, but I was a little bit nutty when I was talking about the the other thing earlier, <laughs> the the protest freeze. So I wanted to actually read the details because I probably just sound insane by people listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an accurate assessment of how you sounded. <laughs> I didn't remember any of the celebrities. Uh, apparently one of them is Kim Kardashian West, which I think she's married to a uh, uh, presidential candidate. Potentially. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't have to go down that. Kanye. Well, Kanye, he's, he wants to be on the ballot, but it's a little bit late. You got to be on the hit. Anyway, whatever. Okay. <laughs> you guys should just kick me off the show. Today. Fraudulent. Yeah. But the details of it were... Uh, 
I guess she has one of the largest social media followings on the planet. She basically just said, we won't be posting today on Instagram. She wouldn't be. And she joined other people for Facebook and Instagram, which apparently that means freezing. So is everything going to be okay? (laughs) Right. So did it happen? Well, she's going to take 24 hours to freeze. It's unclear. It's about stopping hate, right? Hate for profit is the idea. And so I don't know if y'all feel that yeah, way. We don't need to get into it. Decent cause, but I don't feel like a day of not posting on social media from a, yeah, a that's, person that's or a thing. personality of that scope and scale, especially, you know, Kanye's West and, and the Kardashians, right? Like that's a that's an that's incredibly cool. slight, I don't yeah. know, motion, right? And the the day she picks is the day of Facebook Connect. It's getting t- like Facebook is getting a ton of press anyway. Like if yeah. if you ca- I'm not trying to drag Kim Kardashian West sure, to the market. No, what I'm encouraging, there's no way she's listening to this. But if you actually <laughs> care, just go off, like leave Instagram, leave Facebook. And then if people ask why you're gone, then say, well, because of this issue. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah. let me get off that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to get off my chest. I feel better. Well, we mentioned uh, gaming earlier. Um, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up that PS5 now has a launch date and formal price, November oh. 12th. And five hundred dollars or four ninety five hundred. Yeah, so I think that's sort of the expected range. We would have. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, isn't that just kind of what they cost now? Which I right. still bothers me. It bothered me the first time they crept up. Well, didn't the Nintendo wasn't it like one fifty? And then the the Super Nintendo was probably in that range too. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but I think the yeah. original in nineteen eighty terms. No, sure. Yeah. Well, and so you it do expect 90, the cost of these bucks. things to go up, but yeah, okay. So it's even even lower than that. I, I guess. Maybe it's worth going back and actually looking and seeing if, like, the cost of consoles kept up with inflation, or if if my gut is telling me that stuff's expensive is true. I feel like there was a precipitous increase in the cost of gaming systems between like two thousand two four ish and now. Maybe. So, they they kind of fluctuated, but yeah, they ranged anywhere from like three to five hundred dollars. With the original PS3 being six hundred dollars at launch, and then quickly going down in price. That's insane. But maybe maybe that's what I'm remembering is just. But their capabilities are like a hundredfold. Yeah, yeah, they are, but, and it's also important you know I mean? to know that they're, they are a loss leader. Four times as expensive. We're not talking about laptops. It's the same concept. It's a hundred times more powerful Different than market. one I had then too. <laughs> Different market. <laughs> right. Because on the very inside, they're totally different. Uh, from a graphics card <laughs> perspective, they are. The, no, the, the reality is, is they are a loss leader. And I do think that over the last time, in fact, the PS4 and the uh, Xbox One, when they showed sort of the breakdown cost of them, yeah. they were one of the first consoles where they were actually breaking even at launch. And they were selling them for $400. And so yeah, I, I, remember it, I do think they're changing their too. philosophy of maybe a little bit to maybe not sure. lose as much as maybe they used to on, on some of these devices. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it being a loss leader has worked out just fine for them too. So uh, hard to feel bad for them, but it, it is worth noting that if you do a teardown and you look at even if you take bulk ordering into consideration, that they're losing money on them. I mean, it is what it is. You, the gamers demand it, and as I always say, if the market will bear it, then it's probably appropriate. Yes. Oh yeah, no, they're going to sell hundred million of these by yeah. the time they're said and done. So. But to that point, though, it seemed like there was such a buildup of anticipation to the price of PS5 and to the price of Xbox. Like, does it really matter? Was anyone surprised? I don't think so, personally, but it's it's hard for me to know because, you know, if I take my dad, for example, Um, my dad has recently bought an Xbox One, I think, for maybe my nephews when they go over there. And and he told your VR story of your dad? On the show yet? Oh my gosh, I haven't. I, sh- I should reply with the video on you. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I should just do. reply to the post with the video on Twitter. Yeah. That's that's what I'll do because it's it's hard to describe. But my my dad experienced VR for the first time, uh, and we put him in <laughs> in a game that is uh, it's just an experience really. Um, but it it's called Shark Attack, <laughs> and I did <laughs> I didn't I did not tell him that it was called shark attack <laughs> i just told him he was going to go on an underwater adventure yeah there you go and uh <laughs> oh, evil. and he had the absolute best possible reaction you could have hoped for in that scenario oh, uh, i love it, it was just incredible we have watched it at least 
300 times uh, since <laughs> that day. So yeah, I'll, I will reply with the video to the the Twitter post for this and, and everyone can see my dad. And then I, I want to send it to America's Funniest Videos because it's, it's great. Does that still exist? It does. I actually didn't think it did. And then I was proven wrong um, that it actually does still exist. It is a thing. So you were saying something else before I so rudely interrupted you. And again, I'm blaming it on the Red Bull today. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was just pointing out that like, you know, my dad who, you know, obviously while I was a kid was the person buying these machines for me. He, he made a comment about, uh, and this is an interesting comment and mostly cause he bought a Xbox one towards the end of its lifespan. And it was like $250. He goes, I'm surprised the price of these hasn't changed that much over the years. <laughs> Um, and so it's just interesting perspectives because, you know, when we talk about, is anyone really surprised, you know, a lot of people who do buy these devices, I was talking to my sister, who's going to probably, um, buy one for my nephews. She was very surprised by them being, when I told her they'll probably be in the three to $500 range, depending on the version that you get. And she was just like, Oh my gosh. Uh, whereas my dad, you know, who's bought them over time, actually. Yeah. My, my, my sister was like thinking that's too much where I lose my mind man because people go she, buy fourteen hundred dollar phones they buy six hundred dollar yeah. watches and they complain that a like a super powerful gaming system is four hundred dollars i agree with you but i think it's just a matter of perspective she didn't know what to expect and i think in her mind yeah. these things cost less money bro uh, like right. the but, fact that we get the quest two for three hundred dollars like it's insane. To, you're gonna have to take my mic from me. I'm sorry. I'm that's, so insane. Right now. <laughs> that's insane. Feel his anger. Feel his anger. It's, no, it should be twice that. Powerful. It should be twice that. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That's what the news is. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually. Gonna, I'm gonna send them double the the price. Yeah. Though, and I'm only asking double. for one to be sent to me. <laughs> you earned. I think. It. I think it's smart. You earned it. That's I right. Pay your six hundred dollar watch. <laughs> well, the, it's the the Apple Watch Six that just got announced. They, they have a three three ninety nine, a five ninety nine, seven ninety nine, whatever. They literally have a seven hundred ninety nine dollar watch now. I, I thought you were just. I thought you were exaggerating. No, 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 watch. dude. You can get the watches made out of uh, titanium, and at least at least Apple watches do something. Other people own watches that are like fifty grand, and they just tell you the time, and they're not even digital. How do you even read those? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> okay, this show. I'm like, I'm feeling you, Russ, on that. Let's go. Let's complain about things. What grinds your gears? This is falling apart. Falling you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna you know why mic. you know why the Apple Watch is worth less than your fifty thousand dollar analog watch is because when you try to buy it used in three years instead of it still being useful it will be dead and unrecoverable oh well done just like uh, every well, ipod that you find on the market i do want to move this to <laughs> to another thing in tech news because i want daniel's perspective on this so ios 14 and ipad os 14 are rolling out now Whew. apparently that was a surprise and yep it, it caused a major problem for developers. Um, oh, yeah. They released it in a hot second, didn't they? Yeah, and they didn't. There's a couple things that I have seen. And, and I don't know um, if you've done any of this development, Daniel, or if you guys do any on the iOS side. But I saw a lot of developers complaining. They're like, listen, we normally have time ahead of time to test mm -hmm. our apps. They were telling features. Want, they were telling some people, don't upgrade your OS because our app won't work. Or... Don't expect features for several weeks or months because uh, we didn't have time to get these things done. Which is a terrible it was, because users are yeah. just going to complain the dev. It, yeah. Absolutely. And the devs are complaining. They're like, we're going to lose revenue because we normally do joint um, marketing releases for new app feature updates for things that we do. Like This was just very inconsiderate of Apple to do in, in what is, I think, normally a relatively friendly developer ecosystem other than, I guess, the stuff they're going through with... Um, you know, Epic and the percentage right. that they take. But as far as like actually developing for the ecosystem, I've always heard very positive things. So I'm very surprised in this change. I don't know if Daniel or anyone else saw anything on this, but yeah. that was very surprising that they pissed off all their developers. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't read up on this very much. I actually did some iOS development for a little bit, so somewhat familiar with it. I mean, anytime there's any kind of fundamental changes to the operating system that you're running, so if you're jumping from iOS 13 to 14, I mean, there's a lot of testing you have to do to test it on, you know, your iPhone 6s and your, I don't even know if the 6s runs the iOS 14 or not. Um, but you have to just run through testing on all these different things to make sure it works because even though they say the devices are very similar, that there's always changes that you have to test and account for. So just throwing it on developers is, is not... <laughs> not cool. Not cool. 
And we know, well, and we also know user expectations are unrealistic. I mean, they're like the, the idea of having a problem is like that they don't have a concept of it. They're like, they just expect things to, to work perfectly all of the time. It's, this is not nearly as big of an issue for Android because, you know, like for instance, Android 11 released last week and I updated day one because my phone has that ability. My phone makes Mm -hmm. up like 2% of the Android market. Whereas on Apple, the last four years of devices, I think they gave a statistic, 80% of those devices upgrade within the first like week or two of, of rolling out new iOS updates. And so it's, I mean, it's a fairly substantial problem for, for these app developers because people have a habit of just moving to the new OS as quickly as possible across the vast majority of iOS. Which is interesting because they do that because they're used to it being a seamless and enjoyable experience. But by hot dropping it on the the devs, uh, you're going to create a lot of strife. And the next time you do an update, people are going to be like, oh man, I better go make sure this isn't going to blow up all my apps. And all of a sudden you've, like unapplified your ecosystem. Yeah, I wonder how if there's any like actual long-term damage here. And I guess it would really kind of depend on how important of an app there is that has a problem, right? I don't know, you know, what apps are the most important in the ecosystem. Maybe it's Facebook. <laughs> Probably is Facebook, actually. Um, and I'm, I'm going to assume Facebook will work fine, but who knows? Like maybe you can't open your Facebook app anymore, or maybe your phone explodes if you try to. Like that. Oh, <laughs> guess what I just types saw. Of things. I'm What's sorry. That? I promised What'd I was going to mute my mic. Yeah, but you saw something. What'd you see? <laughs> I saw it. The original Mist is coming to VR. Yes, yes, Double. yes, yes. Yep. I used to, I did play Miss, but I was also thinking after what's the name of the game? There's this game where you're you're you are the reader, but you control this mouse. Um, and I I'm just blanking on the name of it, but it was an absolutely brilliant third person puzzle game, and it made me think of Miss because it was it was just this gorgeous landscape, and you're in a fixed position, and you're moving this little mouse around, which you can control, but then you also interact with the environment by pulling puzzle pieces and moving things around, and, and you know, it's it was it was awesome. It was a really, really cool, immersive experience that my kids, who are little young to really do all of that well, they, they tried that, and the headset doesn't, doesn't even fit right for the most part, but um, Mist would be awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Such a cool, that that would be a good one. Uh, also, just saw this. Uh, for those of y'all, so whenever we announced the news that, that Facebook was going to acquire, that it'd be connected to your Facebook account, they also just released a thing saying, if you use fake names or any of these other lists of violations, you're going to risk losing access to your Oculus content you purchased. So be aware. Hey, wow, they are pulling the rug out on the anonymity side of that. You Hold know on, what, though? Say, say that one more time. I... I it says Facebook accounts using fake names among other violations risk losing access to Oculus content. Wow. That's weird because I feel like people have used fake names on Facebook for years. Like there I, I can tell you right now <laughs> there is a, a a friend of Daniel and I's whose only Facebook account is is basically a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> sure. Well, I you better mean, not buy games I mean, on Oculus with it. The warnings out there. That's all I'm saying. That's interesting. That's very interesting. It is interesting. Is it overstepping the bounds of what they should be allowed to do? I, I mean, should I think it seems unreasonable to? from my perspective. It's, it's, you know, thinking about, like, for instance, if Steam came out and said everyone needed to use their real name, that's uh, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Steam, but Steam they can totally be allowed that. to do that. Their, Steam, their Steam people would, would just... It flip the table over it actually that's probably not true people love seems no, so much they would just be angry. no tyler they would freeze their account for 24 hours 24 hours steam would say oh sorry and they wouldn't be able to download the free game that day or whatever sale they had on the indie stuff yeah right they if, if they put that crazy like thing in there everyone would be angry the internet would be ablaze for like 36 hours and then steam would have a bunch of real names and a bunch of people playing their games again i mean i don't get me wrong i'd be on counter-strike same day yeah i'm just yeah, i'm yeah. just saying You're like that just back. seems i just know that that would rub a lot of absolutely people the wrong way you there know, would yeah. be a huge momentary uproar and then a fake or even more than fake garbage 24-hour boycott and steam would continue to not change anything about what they were doing <laughs> also also doom 3 that's what i'm talking time. about yeah Under, underrated by the way uh, a lot yeah. of people didn't like doom 3 because it was slower than like your traditional doom but all of oh. you were wrong it was great 
<laughs> I actually haven't played it. I have not played that yet. Which uh, it's terrifying. Movies. There's a part where Is you have really? to, yeah. So you have to like run through these vents, and there's like spider webs. Just so you know, if if you decide to take a break for a month at that part, and then come back and wear a paintball vest and a a motorcycle helmet in order to get through that part, okay. that's perfectly fine and normal, normal behavior. Totally yeah. normal. So, two stories on that. The first one, you gotta you gotta have your dad go through that and just tell him it's like building exploration. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's bound to trust him on that front here's, here's the other thing i've never shared this maybe i've told you tyler because we were friends at the time but i don't know if y'all remember the pc game max Payne. You remember oh yes yep. absolutely yep. you could go into bullet time yes i was i mean i'm in high school y'all and okay <laughs> that i'm saying this onto a mic but you know you play that game at night all the lights are off it's so, like i had the surround sound going it was pretty creepy. And at some time, at some points, I was just like, okay, I got to walk away from this game. It's so intense and so real, even though it was like, not really. Oh, so I'm not going to fully say that the game scared me at any point, but, you know, it was probably my first yeah. foray into like those kind of like super intense um, sort of yeah. zombie shooter. Ma- thing. Max, Max Payne didn't bother me at all. Like, it was dark. The nightmare scenes and stuff was, were really dark. But the, yes. the game that I literally walked away from was the was the very first um oh my gosh why can't i think of the name please say silent hill silent hill that's what i wanted to say it was was before silent hill it was uh uh, oh you're in the mansion and it's literally like the second room you walk in this rabid zombie dog jumps through a window and you're talking about castlevania no resident evil That was it. Yeah, <laughs> Castlevania. It's Game Boy. Nothing on Game Boy was scary. Let's get that out there right now. Yes, I'm yes. I, I couldn't think of Resident Evil, but that game, I was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, man. So, Billy, you downloaded um, Half-Life Alex, did you not? No, I didn't. I, I, have, oh. I have not. I've had no time, man. So, I, like, work. I mean, we don't even need to get into that, but I, I get it. I understand completely. Yeah. Um, but when it does come, time. Yeah. I need to just go play to some that game and uh, let me know how you Do feel it. during it, especially yeah. when you meet. Come Jeff. over to my house and set it up. Like, literally, <laughs> the only spare time I have, I use for this podcast, and then I go. Oh, and then that's I wake love. Up. Uh, and mean, you yes, and you I, help I, me move. I come over to your house and set it up. That's a that's a thing that I would probably do if that is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, once Emmanuel. once I get my VR set up back together in the new in the new pad in my giant yeah. office, uh, you can play it here. <laughs> Tell them there about you your go. giant office. I think we I think we need a Tyler House update, and then we need anything else Daniel wants to share. <laughs> and then I we're going like to shut it kind of random off the show in the second half. House update. We, we shut it down. No, we'll keep that short. I love my new house. We're happy we're here. My backyard is amazing. My pool is exactly what we wanted for our kids. It's deep. I like deep pools. They don't make deep pools as often anymore. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Diving board. Wife hates it. Kids love it. I love it. Yep. Um, it's, I it's also excellent. noticed that in one of the pictures uh, from y'all a couple of weeks ago. And I was it's like, yes, I'm, I, I approve of the diving board. Yes. Yes. And it, it's... Yes, I just I'm a huge fan. My wife was concerned that they were just like total death traps, which I'm, I don't really know where she gets that. I think maybe her mother is uh, a little scared of diving boards, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like the the pool inspector or the guy who inspected the house, they're like that diving board's in great condition. You guys are gonna love it. And she was like, No, everyone's gonna die. And I was like, No, they're not. I have to try to hit the bottom of the pool. So the diving board is less of a death trap than the pool itself. Right. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, for pools sure. are pools are flat out dangerous. I'm I have very strong swimmers for kids, but uh, we have it all fenced off because I don't trust my neighbors' kids or know them for that matter. Anyways, it's awesome. Uh, except that we already had a water leak. Welcome to old houses. This is just in the plan, basically. I've been there. And uh, and my my son uh, climbing a fairly diseased, um, overgrown shrub already broke his wrist. But oh, I kind of no. feel like that's just serious? part of the deal. Yeah, Preston broke his arm. <laughs> Preston? Oh, man. Okay. Julie's all sincere and Tyler's laughing hysterically. I, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I feel for the kid, and he's totally bummed out, but he's big enough for a waterproof cast now, which I didn't realize. That's why they didn't give him one the first time he broke his wrist. First time he broke his wrist, by the way, it was because he leapt Superman style from the top bunk of his brother's bed. 
Um, and he That's did it again kid. after he healed, by the way. So he did not learn that that is not okay, something. So <laughs> this is like, okay, this show is total. I mean, this show is busted at this point. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we need to get back to one other thing that you need to share. What? Like father, like son, this dude, I don't know how many of you all know this, but he broke both of me. his wrists snowboarding in New Zealand and then proceeded to go. Was it bungee jumping or skydiving sky with two skydiving with two? They two allowed it on. You are allowed to go skydiving so long as the dive master will approve it. You are not allowed to go scuba diving, which is a total bummer for a stretch of time that I was in Australia because you were highly or much more likely with internal fractures to develop embolisms. The more you know. Oh, good to know. So okay, don't break your wrist if you're planning to go scuba diving. My garage is huge. That is a total uh, total bonus. Um, we, we basically found this place, bought it, because it's got a giant, giant backyard, lots of trees, imaginative space, backs up to a creek, so my kids are going to get to play around. The icing on the cake is it has a 10-car garage. I mean, that's, that's it's, it's a single oh bay and then gosh. two double bays. One single spot is is a, like an extra wide staircase going up to just a decked attic storage space. It's it's a total dream come true. And I'm a workshop guy, so I'm just drooling over that. It's awesome. I'm happy to be Congratulations. here. Congratulations. Thank Congrats, you. Man. Okay. Daniel. Yes. <laughs> I don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, talk about yourself or something, man. Tell, tell people, Oh, my gosh. Uh, man, that's kind of, a, kind of an done. open question. Uh, well, I mean, you, you so should I genuinely, I care. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, you know, like, talk, talk about the company, though, in terms of what was announced on the stage, I mean, like, I know you kind of like kind of maybe downplayed it a little bit, but to see everything that y'all have dreamed of and been working on for four and a half years yeah, huge. up on the big screen at Facebook, I mean, that's, that is huge. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that they, they even acknowledge, uh, you know, a, a small company like ours is, is always a, a big deal and something that's very welcomed and excited about, you know, we, we, we took a screenshot of that and posted that on all of our social medias because so cool. it's cool, you know, to, to know that someone like, like Zuck has, has even seen our, our company and our product is, is pretty cool. Uh, Daniel, has, awesome. has your dad maybe compared and contrasted what it was like when Cisco bought his company compared to like just the exposure you guys are getting from this? Like I, surely he experienced the, on the lead up to the acquisition, what that, feeling was like as he compared those times at all or yeah i mean so i, I guess a little background into me to answer aaron's questions isn't about me but more about my dad um so my dad's my my boss here at be spatial but he, he's also the guy that um invented the voice over ip phones um with a company called cool. celsius in the 90s that cisco bought so him him and a, and a friend kind of co-founded that company and uh so that you know very very big uh uh, opportunity for them and and with what we're seeing with the times right now i mean you know co covet is a is a terrible thing and it sucks that the world is going through it um but for what we're doing and and where we believe this work from home space is going it's it's just accelerated the the demand and the interest in, in what we're doing to a level that we couldn't have imagined at, you know a year that's ago. great that's great. It's always good to, to find the upside and the gems in, in some of this too, right? Like I don't know, anybody that's hating on the successes for the, <laughs> you know, groups like vSpatial that are that are killing it because of, you know, what's going on or in part, right? Like it's just, that's an upside. I love it. Yep. Very cool, well, man. I hope y'all take the time to celebrate. And, Absolutely. And, you know, I'm curious what the general feeling is. Does it feel like you made it or does it feel <laughs> like, you know, all the work has just now begun? Like oh, you're, man. You're now at the... No, you know it's, I mean? it's, it's just now begun. Um, okay. we're, we're just starting to acquire, you know, real customers that are, are paying us for stuff now. So that means now we actually have to, uh, <laughs> to, to respond to people's needs and, uh, a, a long way to go. I mean, with, with where we see this XR space going, I mean, and, and seeing, you know, how big the markets are with, with collaboration and, and, you know, remote desktop utilities, um, you know, the, the sky's the limit on what we can achieve here. So we're, we're still very early days on, on what we think we can, we can pull off, but, uh, it's, it's coming fast. I, I think with, I think with that, I'd like to say one final thing, uh, just as a, the only maybe imparting wisdom I've ever been able to give to anyone, as you mentioned, do you feel like you've made it? 
never feel like you've made it. Uh, I always like to say that uh, I'm always working to try to be qualified for, for my own job. And, and I think that that mentality is something to take in. And I think you probably have to have that in the startup life. So uh, never let that go, man. Always work for it. For sure. For sure. 100%. Okay. Shut it down, T, before I just get awesome. any more ridiculous. But also, <laughs> congratulations, Daniel. I got one other thing. <laughs> yeah, this is huge. now the longest show we've ever had. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It did get late. How'd that happen? It oh, did. Must I be cool topic. Record. So I hit record at the beginning. We talked for a while before we actually started. So I don't know if I edit the front out. Okay, I'm done. We don't know. We're not sure. Tyler, shut it down. Shut it down, Tyler. Shut it down. No, quick. I just have one more news. Just kidding. (laughs) The show's over. Y'all, thanks for listening. We had a blast. We hope you enjoyed everything that we had to talk about. Daniel, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for all the updates from the Facebook event, from everything that vSpatial is doing. Tons of fun to talk about. All the stuff we got into. 24-hour social media boycats are stupid, but (laughs) our listeners are awesome. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Go tell your friends. You think somebody would enjoy this. You want to join us on the show. Hit us up. Let us know. Let us know what we missed. Thanks, y'all. See you, what, Friday? Later.